and there's still time. Saturday afternoon, and I'm drinking with the guys, thinking of the dice results and your lovely eyes. friends in podcast land, you're listening to episode 52 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're bringing you another one of our post-game podcasts after the Whitecaps 2-1 victory over Houston Dynamo. So our second post-game podcast of the new season and a second Whitecaps victory at home. Yeah, fantastic victory. 2-1 victory over the Houston Dynamo. It was a game where they pushed forward quite a bit. Uh, Morales was fantastic in the middle. Um, He earned the man of the match. He was my man of the match as well. And the team really clicked together. There was good chances. And and they, uh, although they allowed quite a few shots to Houston, there was they weren't really under pressure too much over the whole entire match. No, I mean, it, it was a battle of the unbeaten teams. Two of the seven that were unbeaten in MLS going into this weekend's games. And Whitecaps still unbeaten. And, I mean, that that's just fantastic. If, if At the start of the season, I think if you had said to every Whitecaps fan, after the first month, first four games, the Caps are going to be unbeaten, two wins, two draws away from home, you would have gladly bitten someone's hand off for that. And I totally agree with you there. And and to think of it too that this team is still and, and I think the reason why they're struggling is they're still gelling. Everybody's not on the same page, and it's just a, would be really amazing to see what this team would be like when they're on the same page and they're playing together. And and even right now, without being together for so long, only four games in, they're really connecting well in the midfield, at least at home. So what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to pick over the bones of the game, look at the goals, look at some of the players that stood out, some of the the players that maybe didn't stand out so much and and reasons why. We're also going to hear from both dressing rooms. We've got audio from Carl Robinson, Dominic Kinnear and a few of the players from from both sides. So let's get into the the guts of the game. Three goals altogether. From a Whitecaps point of view, I think it was excellent that finally, for the first time this season, the Whitecaps came out strong early on. They got a really good chance in the 12th minute, a fantastic passing move that led to Darren Matic's blasting over the bar. He did well, but he just could not get his foot on top to, to get it under the bar. It went off his shin, I think, on that one. But I, I thought he did well there, but then two minutes later, Caps take the lead, 
another great move, some more great work from Pedro Morales, and, and we'll discuss some of of Morales's sublime balls later later on the podcast. But what a what a great goal, and another goal for Jordan Harvey, goal machine. Yeah, Jordan Harvey uh, picked the right time to. I think the thing is the. The reason why he was so open is because he made that run into the box. The defenders, the central defenders, were obviously probably going after you know Maddox and Miller. So they were at that point. Harvey was able to make a run into the box, and nobody was able to pick him up. He made a nice finish on that ball too that O'Brien was able to head down. But before let's go back a little bit too on that play. Morales with a fantastic cross into the box. It was a one-touch volley cross, whatever you want to call it. It was. It looked so perfect, and it and it hit O'Brien right in the head, where O'Brien just had to basically direct it down to the ground. Yeah, and it was O'Brien's first points, first assist for for the Whitecaps since he came to MLS, and it, it's something that, for me, that's been the only thing that's really been lacking from o- O'Brien's game since he joined the Caps. I've wanted to see more of his aerial threat, and he did well to nod that down. Brilliant ball, though, from Morales. So, I mean, let, let's talk about Morales just now. Carl Robinson said after the game that he was a, a joy to watch, and he, he was today. Some of those first-time passes that he was doing and just the balls that he was stroking around the pitch and just first time, just getting the ball, hitting it. And I think, I, I put this out on Twitter, I think that as they've got more time to work together... Miller and Morales are going to be a really formidable force for the Whitecaps. They seem to be players that are at the same level. They know where the passes are going to be. And we've discussed this before in the podcast. That This is kind of what kind of left Kenny a little bit frustrated at times last season is that he knew where he wanted to play passes and other players in the team just didn't have the footballing brain. Morales is that kind of player as well. And now that you've got the two of them with the same kind of footballing brain, I think as they get more comfortable and as they get more minutes under their belt together, that's going to be really exciting for the Whitecaps. And, and another thing Robinson says about, said about Morales was that he makes players around him better. And maybe other players might not know where to be, but he knows where the other players are going to be. And he's making them look better. He's finding Maddox on the run. He's finding Kofi. He's finding Tyburn making runs into the box. Obviously Miller. And I think the connection between Laba and Morales really worked well today too. Morales... Well, Laba was had a really good bounce back game where he was uh, in his kind of a zone where he was just anything Bonilla Garcia brought into the middle of the pitch, Laba was able to take away and move it back up the field. Yeah, Laba did well today and playing alongside Gershon Kofi. I, I guess one of the first things we should talk about is Carl Robinson made a switch to the lineup. He he didn't go for what's kind of become his traditional four two three one. He went for a four four two diamond and it seemed to work really well. Were you surprised that he made that switch? He, he said that he'd kind of made the decision to do that on Thursday, and you'd kind of got a little bit of an indication of that from what you'd seen at training. Yeah, they were switching back and forth from a f- uh, the two formations, but they were really concentrating on that one. Um, it was it, 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 it really worked well for Morales because Morales was able to get more room on the pitch because they were able to split Maddox and Miller a little bit wider, uh, which forced the defenders to be a little bit wide, so they wasn't able to clog up the middle at all. So that, I think that was that reason why it was so effective in this place. It's not going to be effective every game, but uh, against Houston, who uh, uh, Robinson also mentioned, it caught him off guard for the first 30 minutes because they, obviously they weren't expecting it, and it, it definitely uh, was effective for them. As I said, we'll talk about some of the, the individual players later on in this podcast. Let, let's look at the, the second half and the, and the goals in the second half. And then, then we'll hear from, from the dressing rooms. 
Houston came out for the second half, kind of all guns blazing. They were really pushing. They were looking a lot more lively. But the, the Caps' defence held firm and then went up the pitch. Darren Mattox went on a really good run, won the penalty, and it was a, it was a clear penalty. He kind of turned Kofi Sarkori inside and out. Sarkori fell over and tried to do the kind of veteran move of like bringing his arm round to kind of put off Mattox. But he caught the ball. Referee pointed to the spot. I think if he hadn't done that, Mattox was cleared through on goal. Whether he would actually have put the ball in the back of the net, we'll never know. But Caps got a penalty. Kenny Miller buried it. Off celebrating, turns round. Wait a minute, retake. Steps up, cool as anything, reburies it. 2-0 white caps. Yeah, it was effective goal at that point. Houston did come out in the second half and played uh, well. They were getting some chances. They weren't obviously able to bury them, but uh, it, it was a good timing of Maddox making that run, taking Sir Cody completely off uh, off balance, and, and great on Miller to not do the same thing. And obviously, I think the first one he lobbed into the back of the net, kind of chipped it, and the second one he just buried it similar to the way he uh, scored his goal against New York in the first game. And then in the 75th minute, the, the Houston Dynamo were able to get back in the game when off a free kick, Brad Davis sent it in. And if, if you know what, found a big guy like Ricardo Clark in there, he was able to nod it in. It, it brought the game a little closer. But, you know, for the last 15 minutes or so, there was very little to do. Uh, you know, Houston wasn't able really to get the ball close to the net. Let's talk about the goal that they allowed. First of all, it came like Andy O'Brien in the post-game interviews were saying that, you know, was it a really a foul? But if you look at it that way, Jay Demerit, there was a couple times too, there was one time earlier, but Jay Demerit wasn't necessary for him to go up like that when you're up by two goals and be so aggressive when the ball is being head- forwarded in and it's like about, like, what, 40 yards away from the pitch. Like, I, I find like he's sometimes way overly aggressive and it, it hurt them in this case because it gave Brad Davis a chance to send it in and it brought the Houston Dynamo within one. Yeah, it's always disappointing to, to lose a goal, especially when it's a game where you've been really comfortable. But apart from that, the, the Whitecaps were pretty comfortable. I mean, the defence held firm. Beta Sure again had a, a quiet game in a, a going-forward kind of capacity, but he played really solid at the back. thought Andy O'Brien was excellent. He was just fantastic throughout. Jordan Harvey... He was getting up the pitch a lot more today than he did before, but against a really dangerous Houston attack, Whitecaps defence held firm. Definitely. I think Harvey, uh, there were some times when he looked like a second striker up there, and Miller was playing the left-back position, so it was very interesting to see where that was going. The only other issue I saw with the, that hurt the team a little bit well, and put Vancouver under a little pressure was that they seemed to give a lot of, up a lot of crosses uh, corner kicks. They gave up a lot of corners. Well, yeah, the, the early moments as well. Houston forced a couple of corners and they, they kind of had the, the defence scrambling in, yeah. in those opening minutes. Yeah, so that was the only other issue I have, but obviously they, they didn't allow a goal on a corner. It came off a free kick, so uh, I guess, uh, you know, we could pick on it, but I think it was a good 2-1 win. So before we look at some of the individual playing performances today, let's hear from the Whitecaps dressing room. So we're going to hear first from Carl Robinson, then Kenny Miller, a little bit from Pedro Morales, and Andy O'Brien. I think we played very well. I think we got the result we deserved, but we showed a lot of heart and character in today's performance. Pleased with uh, Pedro in the diamond tonight? He's a joy to watch, isn't he? He really is, and uh, I think he's a joy to play with as well, listening to the guys in there. And I said he makes players better around him. 
and that's certainly what he did today. But he just gives us a different dimension in our team. And when he's on the field, we play a little bit more. We can still play more at times, you know. But for credit to Houston, you know, after about 30 minutes, they decided to press us and make us kick it. So we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board on certain things because I want to try and build from the back. We've got a little team, a small team in relation to the physicality compared to Houston. So, you know, we'll, we'll analyze that and we'll work on it. But, you know, we'll, we'll continue to build. So how important was it to remain undefeated early in the season? It's, it's confidence for the boys in there. And like I said, to, you know, I'll, I'll back them every single day of the week as long as they give me that effort, that determination that they showed today, especially in the last half an hour. We conceded, you know, and we're going to concede goals. But it's, out, you know, it's about how you bounce back. And we, we didn't look under any pressure. They put, you know, giant after giant on. And, you know, they're a big physical team. But and I, they were putting bigger players on. And I was putting smaller players on. So I had to sp speak to Purty and say, are we doing the right thing here? But I thought we could catch him on the counter. Um, it was the right decision because we won the game. So we'll, we'll look at that. But like I said, I'm proud of the guys. How would you sum up your first month in charge? <laughs> very nice. Yeah, very nice. It's, um, it's, it's been interesting. It, it really has. It's, you know, it's not always going to be like this, and I know that. You know, so I'm going to take it in my stride. I enjoy the, enjoy the evening today. It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so I'll enjoy that. It's been a special weekend. It's going to be a special weekend for me, so I'll enjoy it. But I'm sure I'll have, to, have tough times here, and you know, I'm sure I'll be sitting here after defeat, trying to be positive and things like that. And you know, I won't change the way I am, um, but most importantly, I'll back those boys in there if they perform like that week in, week out. It's, a, it's another fantastic performance, and the team's building. It's a, I think today especially we saw a little bit of grit and determination against a good team. We were physical, and they were going to put a lot of bo balls into our box, and we defended well, and obviously came away with three points, which makes these two road points a lot better, I think. After the first day of the season, we, we set our stall out about how we want to play. Yeah, the two road performances weren't quite up to the same standard, but they were grit and determination. We're not going to play fantasy football every week and create a lot of chances and score four goals every week so sometimes you're going to have to dig deep you're going to have to defend well and if it means an ugly draw or an ugly win then, then you take that so that says eight points out of the 12 is a fantastic start and a 100% record to start the season at home is, is a great start for us How much do you think playing in the Diamonds helped you out there and your teammates? Yes, I personally feel very comfortable playing like this We can have maybe un poco más la pelota eh, en el mediocampo eh, la verdad que cualquiera de, la, de las formaciones el equipo yo creo que ha funcionado muy bien de las dos formas que hemos jugado I feel really comfortable uh, playing in that position it allows us to keep the ball um, but the truth is uh, you know any position that we we decide to line up with um, we're comfortable like to move the ball so How big of a battle is it going against your physical team in Houston? Yeah, very much so. I think <clears throat> I've watched the the first two games that they've played, and um, they're a great combination um, up front and the wide players that they have. But I thought that uh, we nullified nullified um, the ball getting to them too much, um, and that's credit to the boys up front, which is a first line of defence and uh, the guys in midfield. Andy, where did that shot hit you in the first half on the cross? <laughs> 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 it's the first time I've been lost for words, probably uh, <laughs> bang in the middle. <laughs> so that was Andy O'Brien obviously answering a very sensitive question at the end there, or were, was sensitive during the game. Yeah, I, I, kinda, I wish I had gone into the home dressing room. I, w I was in the away one, as we'll, we'll hear later on, because my first question to him if he came up for the scrum was going to be, Andy, how's your balls? Yeah, well, it would have been... Just as awkward as it was there when he was asking it. It would have got a laugh. He'd have liked that. 
So Andy O'Brien, I thought he had a, a solid game, uh, fourth straight game. I, I, I honestly don't see a point where he puts a foot wrong in any of these games. He seems to be so solid at the back. I know Robinson wants to rest him. I personally hope they don't have to because I, I, I worry about the team when he's not on the pitch. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. I mean, I, I had him probably, I haven't given this too much thought yet, but I would probably have him in my, in my top three. Definitely one of my men of the match today. He just marshaled that back line so well. Now, there were some things that people at the game, people watching on TV might not have seen, but there was a couple of instances today where the ball had been cleared and it was a Whitecaps attack, and he was, like, talking to Betasure and actually showing him things and, like, kind of pointing in different directions. So even the, the older guys like Betasure, he's, he's helping out. And I just think he's a fantastic... Fantastic person to have around the Whitecaps. And you made an interesting point about that when we were talking about him during the game. Yeah, I, uh, I think I, this is my hope that this guy, even after his playing days, sticks around to Vancouver as an assistant, as a residency, if, he, if that's something he's interested in. Because I think he can impart a lot of knowledge on the young players. He's really good with young players and he's, and he's definitely helped quite a few of them in training, in preseason training and the training that's going on during the season. I we mentioned Betasure earlier on, how, how he had a, a bit of a quiet game. just wanted to read a tweet. We, we put out a request just to get a couple of tweets just to, to read out in the podcast today. We didn't want too many because uh, obviously reading tweets out is a little bit dry. But Residual Image, at Residual Image on Twitter, he said it was another unspectacular game from Betasure. But having said that, he thinks it was his best as a white cap. I mean, we were told he was the best right back in the in the league, and he is doing well defensively. I'm I'm just expecting a little bit more from him than than we've seen so far. This one, I will give a little bit of leeway to probably strategy. He was going up against a couple of guys like Brad Davis and Corey Ash, who are very dangerous, and maybe this was a game that they did not want to push him forward and get pull out of position. So I think this one, uh, hopefully, he does have more moments where he's pushing the ball forward, but. When you're going up against a guy like Brad Davis, who's very dangerous out wide, and Corey Ash, who's you know got speed to burn and everything like that, I think you want to be a little bit you know back a little bit. Just maybe why Jordan Harvey was so forward because that side uh, was not as uh, a strong side you know in the attack for Houston. One of the other players in the in the defense that we'll have a, a quick chat about. David Usted, how do you think he did today? I think, again, another strong game for him. He, he really controlled the box. I think no no fault of him on the on the goal itself. It was right in the place where the defender should have cleared it. Uh, there was Whenever the ball came into the box, whether it was up high, he basically sacrificed himself, put, went up high, got caught the ball. And he, he, I don't recall him punching the ball as much. I think he mostly caught it. Was, maybe that's where the... The ideal position was for it, all the balls that were coming in. Yeah, I, I do have a little bit of a worry though when the crosses come in. I, I don't, I don't feel a hundred percent confident with him sometimes when he when he comes out, because I, I don't know whether he's just not commanding enough when he shouts. But there's a number of times where he seems to to get in the road of another player, and it happened in the second half today. Him and Kenny Miller collided at one point when he was going for a ball. I don't know whether that's his fault for not making it clear enough that he's coming out or the other player's fault for kind of getting in his road. But it's something that we kind of have to really watch going forward. How about the... Let's move up a little bit in the midfield here. We already talked about Morales and Lava. How about Kofi and Tybert? They, I, I, I thought they played decent. They Because you never saw very much attack from the wide side for the Houston Dynamo. 
I think they played well in what they were supposed to do. They didn't really offer much in the attack, but they prevented Houston from getting forward and, and doing any damage. Well, Tybert, first of all. Now, I, I mentioned to you, and on the way in today, I was listening to the, the pregame show on Team 14-10, and one of the points that they made was the fact that Tybert is a utility player might actually count against him because he's maybe going to be the kind of guy that they want on the bench to bring on because they they can bring on a guy that can kind of cover in, in so many different places. But you felt that's the kind of guy that needs to be on from the start so that he can kind of move around the pitch and play in a, in a number of different places. And it allows them to change formations on the fly. Like you do, you can put, put him, if you want to play 4-4-2 diamond, he plays in the middle of the midfield. If you want to play 4-2-3-1, he moves up to the wing spot. So you're able to have more flexibility in changing formations during the game. That's why I think you need, I'm not saying everybody should be a utility player on the, on the field, but I think you need a, a one, or, one or two or maybe just one, just so you have that flexibility to move back and forth. Because if Fernandez goes there, Fernandez, I know they might say he'd be able to play the midfield in a tip formation, in the, but he, I don't think he can do that. I, think, I don't think his skill set fits that. So moving to, to Gershon Kofi now, this was a, a great chance for Gershon to kind of to stake a, a claim for a starting spot. Nigel Rio Coker out after his unfortunate bike rack incident. Um, Gershon comes in, chance to, to make that kind of DMCM role his, and I just don't feel he did enough today to, to earn a starting spot. I mean, I'm not saying he did bad. He, I mean, he didn't do bad, but he didn't stand out, and I think... When you've got a guy that you're looking to replace that's a big name, someone like Nigel Rio Coker, you have to do that little bit extra to to stake your claim to that spot. No, I totally agree with that. I I, I think he played effectively. I don't. Uh, he didn't stand out or anything like that. But when you compare his performance today to what Rio Coker had in the every half except the second half of the New York game, I think he played better, and I think he deserves to keep playing if Nigel Rio Coker, even if he is able to come back. Couple of comments on Twitter about Kofi. At Whitecaps underscore fan said that Kofi was probably better than Nigel Rio Coker in any game so far this year. Hard hard to argue with that. Corey Jackson at Whitecaps for Life, he said that yep, possibly he hasn't done enough to to earn that starting spot. He wasn't invisible or a liability though, the way Nigel Rio Coker has been for the last two games. He made some mistakes, but he also had some decent stuff. He then followed that up by saying that, yeah, he kind of agrees that maybe he didn't do enough to earn that, that starting spot because he didn't stamp himself on the game by, by any stretch. So we'll, we'll just have to kind of see going forward. I mean, Nigel is expected to be back in the team next week against Colorado. We'll just, I mean, I saw him today for the first time. That was the first me seeing his face in person, and it's, it's, really, it's really bad. I mean, It was worse on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the strikers then. Um, they were obviously playing together up front. We talked a little bit about them, but Maddox and Miller. I, I thought they. I thought Miller was actually Miller. There were times when he was up front, but a lot of times he was uh, dropped in the midfield quite a bit. Yeah, he, he played quite deep today. At least he wasn't playing too much in the wing, which we know for a fact from from things that he was speaking about during the week. It's not his first choice place. He doesn't really like playing on the wing, and. I, I thought he had a mixed game today. I mean, I didn't think he was spectacular. He did link up well, as we said, with Morales, and they had some nice plays. And he was kind of he was kind of providing more of, of the kind of assists for for goals than actually being on the end of them today. 
And I thought he looked a little bit gassed. I would maybe have taken him off for Manny, but they kept him on to the end. It was maybe a little bit strange, kind of running him into the ground. Possibly if, if Houston hadn't got that goal, they would maybe have with, withdrawn him. We'll, we'll not know, but I, I just thought that it wasn't his best game today. And then Maddox, uh, we talked about him again before. I, again, there were times when he just could not corral the ball. And I think personally he got lucky. I know he made a good run into the box but and Sir Cody touched the ball. But I think if Sir Cody had just played straight up with him, I think there, I don't think Maddox would have been able to get by based on his what he's playing right now. And there were a couple of tweets that we had as well from uh, Words Not Deeds. At Words Not Deeds, he goes, wow, Maddox it has a touch of stone. And then Jay Duke, our own Jay Duke from the preview show, he tweeted out, Maddox has the touch of a baby elephant, which I thought was pretty funny. And then Russell Beresford came in and said, that's kind of harsh on behalf of the baby elephant. And you did find a, a really fun video on YouTube of a baby elephant playing soccer, and he, he had better touch than Maddox and Hurtado, I think. I don't know, he kept the ball and ran with it. A couple of other quick comments from Twitter. ABS at Badgones YVR said he feels that they're showcasing Matics for a trade. And I think we mentioned that in the podcast during the game as well that, you know, if he gets on a goal, two or three goal run, is it maybe thinking of trading this guy and showing that he can actually do stuff? Yeah, and we talked about it during the game as well that, you know, we were just having a regular conversation that if Maddox scores two or three in a, in a matter of four or five games, that maybe it, they would trade him because. At, at that point, his value won't be any higher and maybe he goes back into this funk where he can't score a goal and get a, a touch on the net. Well, the last tweet we'll read out uh, on the show today, Colin T at Minamicho FC. Now, Colin's based in Japan. He said, Is this as good as it gets for Matics? An athletic player who can work hard but will never have a goal scorer's touch. Now, I don't think we can say he'll never have a goal scorer's touch because he, he got a lot of goals in his first year and he recently scored for Jamaica. I just get the feeling, though, that I just can't see where his next Whitecaps goal is going to come from. He's just got to keep working and, tr- and trying to keep the balls down, essentially. He, he, sometimes he, when he gets in the, in, the box, in, the, you know, in the box like he did there, he gets a little tight and he, and he just fires the ball too hard and... That's the reason why these balls get skied over the net, even though he's only in the six-yard box area. By the end of the day, whatever we thought about how some of the players played today, the Whitecaps got a 2-1 win against a very good and a very dangerous Houston Dynamo side. Now, obviously, after the game, Whitecaps dressing room, cock-a-hoop. Dynamo dressing room, not so much. So we're going to bring you some audio now from head coach Dominic Kinnear. Bit of a tricky, tricky interview, Dominic, has been when his team's lost, let's just say that. And we're also going to hear a little bit from the Dynamo Scottish player. Doesn't sound Scottish because he was born in Oldham, but he is Scottish. So we're going to hear a little bit from Andrew Driver. Well, I'm never happy when we lose. So, uh, no, it's a tough game. They're a good team, tough place to play, hard game. You're a really entertaining team to watch. A lot of the focus in the Eastern Conference is on like Toronto with the signings and New York and Kansas City. Do you feel that kind of gives you an edge that people aren't talking about you as much this, this season? Uh, I really don't care what uh, people are saying, to be honest. I think if you were to ask those teams what they think about us, they know we're a good team. So um, I really don't pay attention to other articles and, and people's opinions. I think we have a good team, and obviously their signings are going to make them a little bit more talked about. 
but uh, that's fine. I think that, I think we know where we're at, and I think other teams around the league know that we're a good team as well. You've got a great record taking Houston to the playoffs year after year. What is it that that you well obviously you always say too much. But what is it that you do here that that can get into the postseason where other teams seem to struggle? Um, well, I, first off, I think we're good. Um, that helps to have good players that are that are motivated and, and really don't like to lose and enjoy coming to practice and working hard every day. It's, it's pretty simple to be honest. I mean, we show up, we work hard, we, we try and play the right way, and, uh, and and hopefully Saturday's results go your way. So over the years, uh, more results have gone our way than not. Uh, but it, for me, it all comes down to the players and their motivation. They're always, uh, always want to win, and I don't know if that's 100% across the board in the league. And Barnes and, and Bruin, do you think they are two of the best striking partnership in, in MLS? Yeah, yes. I mean, there's not too many... Sp- partners anymore it's uh, a lot of teams play with a, a solitary striker you know so um, I think when those guys are clicking and they're, and they're playing well they're really a handful to, to defend against what's your thoughts on, on how the game went today um, I think it's obviously it's a tough place to come um, you come away in, in this league and there's big variables they have the, the, the obviously the artificial surface and everything I think we started pretty slowly we, we didn't really get a good foot in the game um, but when we went behind, we went two behind in the second half. I think we showed a lot of bite and a, a bit of spirit to, to try and come back into it. So it's not all, not all bad, but we just need to, to, to learn from it and go into next weekend. Keep our heads up most of all. We still had a fairly decent start to the season. and It didn't go our way today, but we still put all the effort in and um, we can be we can be happy in a way. we just got to, to cut out the little mistakes that led to their goals. So the, the Eastern Conference this year, it's... Like big battle, a lot of the focus is going on the teams like Toronto, who's brought yeah. in the players and KC for winning it in New York. Yeah. Do you feel that kind of lets you guys kind of go under the radar a little bit? And I think, I think we, kind, we kind of did last year. We obviously got to the conference finals. Not a lot of people um, had much belief in us or anything. But that's what this team's like. We we've got a group of guys. We've not got any real. Well, I think we're all stars, but. You don't have the big marquee player, but you've got a team of people who work for each other, and with everyone's friends. There's no, there's no cliques in the dressing room. It's all a team effort, and I think that is. We we just get on with our job, and we, I think we get a little bit underrated at times, but we're usually there and thereabouts come the end of the season. So I think it's the same mentality for us this year, and we might not get any attention, but we just got to do our job and hopefully get back up in there. So some thoughts there from Houston Dynamo head coach Dominic Kinnear and midfielder Andrew Driver. We're going to have more from the Andrew Driver interview later this week up on AFTN, so watch out for that. What we're hoping to do for a lot of this season is to bring you an interview with one of the opposition players just the the week after the game, just doing a little bit something different and kind of just chatting about the, the rest of the league. And we're going to try to make sure Michael doesn't just pick on the Scottish players, he goes and tries to diversify. Oh, I'm kind of limited, although I am looking forward to when Adam Muffet comes with his sexy beard. Oh, everybody knows that. So we've not got much more to talk about in this podcast, but we, we kind of want to talk a little bit before we finish just about the, the Houston Dynamo and where they fit in in the East. So, I mean, I, I asked Dominic and I asked Andrew about how so much attention in the East this year has been given to Toronto with their big-name signings. Kansas City because they won the MLS Cup last year. And, of course, New York always get attention because, hey, they're New York, they have Thierry Henry. So, I mean, Houston, as Andrew said, every year they kind of maybe catch people out a little bit and they get into the playoffs to kind of go a little bit under the radar. I mean, Houston, are they're such an exciting team to watch. I've watched both their games at home this year. 
and I enjoy watching them. Some of the teams in MLS, when you see the schedule, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered watching this game. But there's a couple of teams I really enjoy watching. Kansas City's one of them. Houston Dynamo is one of them. And I, I find their games entertaining, especially their home games, because they, they just play such a good batch of football. And as we talked about last week, you talked about in the preview show, Barnes & Bruin are one of the most exciting partnerships in, in MLS. And, and as, as Dominic Kinnear said when I asked him about that, there aren't many actual partnerships in MLS anymore. There's a lot of lone strikers and there's not really tandems anymore. But, I mean, Houston's got that. How, how do you see them doing for the rest of this season? I think they're going to be a strong team. I, I, I see where, like, you know, Eastern teams are not going to fare well coming to the West and vice versa. So that I, I don't take this game into account like that. But I think they're a very strong team. They haven't made too many changes to the lineup. Their their big issue, and I I think it was prevalent today, is their center back pairing. Um, I talked to Dustin Richardson. We talked on the previous show about him. He seems to have no issues with them. Things are solid. I think they can be exposed, and it's going to be up to uh, a guy like Ricardo Clark who who will you know be able to protect them in front playing in front of them. So I think that's going to be the big issue for them. Other than that, I think they're really good on playing out wide, and they're good on top. And obviously, they have a good keeper in Tally Hall. And of course, we kind of have to quickly mention as well, like David Horst was losing it at the end wow. of the match with, with the officials. So it's going to be interesting to see if he picked a card up for that or if it's mentioned in the referee's report. And Giles Barnes was good today. And, and I can't watch Giles Barnes without thinking he's just a cod piece away from taking the karaoke and singing Cameo's Word Up. He, there definitely is a resemblance between the two. So before before we sign off, one last thing we should talk about. We went to see another game this morning. Yep. Uh, afternoon or what did you say? Um, it was a game of Vancouver Whitecaps U18s versus the San Jose Earthquakes U18s, a battle of MLS residency teams, academy clubs. Seven goal thriller. Seven goal thriller was going back and forth. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic game, uh, and you know it just shows again that how quality these younger players the quality that these young players are playing at and the touch and everything you know a lot of people are going to look at Pedro Morales there were a couple instances where Marco Bustos looked like Pedro Morales there on the pitch and obviously the the influence of Pedro Morales is is really coming on to these yeah. attacking young attacking players because they're because Mark Weber did that article yeah. where I mean he was like Bustos is looking up to him as a role model and it's coming across yeah so much first time passing between the the midfielders today. It was well, it well was they, they they do that anyways. They've been doing that for years. But True. but it's it's a, it's the very deceptive plays that like the turn around and volley it into the box and everything stuff like that. Really quick volleys and I think that those that's where he's really going. And we should give a, a shout out to the goal scorers. Kian Froze got two. One was deflected. One was an absolute peach. Curled into the top corner. Well, maybe not curled, but it was like straight into the top corner. It was a beautiful diagonal finish. And there was a goal as well for Marco Bustos in the first half. He chipped a beautiful... It was a great pass by Keons to him. And he chipped the goalie perfectly and got the got the dim off on the right foot. And the third goal in the game, it came from Ali Moussi. He kind of blotted his co- copybooks a little bit towards the end by getting sent off. Yeah, and, and on that goal, Ali Moussi, we just mentioned that Sam Adekubi tried to take credit for the goal. But it clearly was Ali Moussi scored. And then, obviously, uh, we didn't get to watch the match because it started. And we would have missed, obviously, the, the U- U- Houston game. But the U16s were able to play through a nil-nil draw. Uh, don't know who was in net. It was either Albert or Tresolini. So one of those two guys got the clean sheet there. So, I mean, that was a good un- unbeaten weekend for all three Whitecaps teams. 
So before we wrap up, just a, a couple of things to tell you to watch out for. On Monday, BC Soccer are doing their draw for the 2014 Provincial Cup. We'll be bringing you full coverage of that on AFTN. Tuesday, you will see the Whitecaps take on FC Edmonton in a friendly at Thunderbird Stadium, kicking off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But just be aware that there might be changes to that, so just keep an eye on it. Yep, tight times may change because Edmonton's schedule has been a little bit weird so, uh, so far for, for the little trip here. They actually drew with UBC one all at Thunderbird Stadium on, on Saturday afternoon. So that's it for another post-game show. Another Whitecaps win. Steve, just before we head off, tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me at WhitecapsBeat on Twitter and obviously writing for AFTN. And we'd like to wish also a happy birthday to Mrs. Morales, Pedro's mother, who is celebrating today in Chile. And I'll give a birthday shout out myself. A happy birthday to Carl Robinson's daughter. It's her birthday on Sunday and she's going to have a very happy daddy. And being in his first month as Whitecaps head coach and long may it continue. So I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Send us an email about anything about the show or the website, AFTNCanada at hotmail.com. And read all our stuff, AFTN, on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca. And you can also read some of my stuff on Soccerly.com. So we'll be back midweek, we think, with uh, another podcast after the Friendly with Edmonton. So until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Or should I say, mon the unbeaten caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.